Welcome to the King's Word Bible Study. I'm your host, Brother Vinny Fitzgerald, and today we're going to delve into the Bible to bring you insight from God's Word that will help you to grow and to develop into spiritual maturity. These lessons are designed to help guide you and strengthen you in your relationship with the Lord. Whether you've never opened the Bible or read it cover to cover, this podcast will inform and uplift you. Our purpose is not only for you to know and to understand the King's Word, but for you to live it out in your day-to-day life. Philippians 4 and 9 tells us, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Today, our topic is going to be the source of joy. Let's begin in John chapter 3. In John chapter 3, beginning in the 25th verse, It says, Then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizeth, and all men come to him. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except to be given him from heaven. Ye yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom which standeth and heareth him rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy therefore is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. In verse 29, we find the key phrase, this my joy is therefore fulfilled. Joy is one of the greatest gifts that God offers to us. Joy is many times confused with happiness, but they are very different. Happiness is defined as a noun, meaning the agreeable sensations which spring from the enjoyment of good, the state of being in which his desires are gratified by the enjoyment of pleasure. Happiness is comparable in nature because it is based on outward circumstances, and it has to be based on good, as we found from the definition. Our level of happiness is measured compared to what is going on around us and the overall environment that we're in. This is why happiness is temporal. Our outward conditions are always constantly changing, and they are not always in our favor, so our happiness changes likewise. Some days we're happy, some days we're not. Our state of happiness is constantly fluctuating because it has no solid foundation. Since this is the case, we need something more to help us through the battles and the tribulations of life, when things aren't good, when we need something with a firm foundation. We need joy. Joy is defined as a noun, meaning the passion or emotion excited by the acquisition or expectation of good, excitement of pleasurable feelings, gladness, exultation, exhilaration of spirits. This is a good definition, but it falls short of showing what joy is in its purest form. Joy is a gift from God. There is no other way to get it. It's supernatural. And because of that, the world is unable to give it. There's an old song that says, This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. This song explains the nature of joy. The world doesn't give it because it's not within their ability to give it. They don't have it to give. The world can only give us natural things. They can never give us supernatural things. 
The world can't take away our joy either. They can never take something away that they didn't give us in the first place. Our joy, unlike our happiness, doesn't come and go. It's permanent and it's eternal in nature, just like the God who gave it to us. Joy is not based on our outward circumstances. No matter what storms of life are raging against us, we can have joy in the midst of it because joy isn't based on the storm and is not based on the absence of the storm. Joy is never based outwardly. It's always based inwardly. Joy doesn't waver. It's always there. And because of that, it has a firm foundation. It's built upon the rock. It's important that we have joy operating in our lives as Christians. It's one of the distinctive marks that sets us apart as the people of God. C.S. Lewis once said, Joy is the serious business of heaven. Joy is a very serious matter. We should truly desire to have it and operate in it. We must not make the mistake that many make in confusing happiness and joy. The problem is that many people don't understand joy. They don't know what it is. They don't know what it means to have it or where it comes from or how to get it. This lack of understanding causes people to think that happiness and joy are interchangeable, but they're distinct from each other and they must be treated differently. Happiness can be very deceptive. It can appear to be the same as joy when all is going well, but when the conditions change and things get worse, the difference becomes stark. C.S. Lewis also said, I sometimes wonder whether all pleasures are not substitutes for joy. Happiness tries to be a substitute for joy, but it will never suffice. Nothing less than joy itself will ever suffice. If we are to have joy as a part of our lives, we need to find out where it comes from. We know that joy is a gift from God, and that God himself is the giver of this gift. But we need to find out what exactly is the source of joy. Where does it come from? John 3.29 says, He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. Within this verse is hidden the source of joy. The word used here for joy is the Greek word kara, which is defined as joy, delight, gladness, a source of joy. It's important that it's defined as a source of joy. When John the Baptist said, This my joy is therefore fulfilled, he was saying it referring to what came right before it, which was hearing the voice of the bridegroom. Let's go to Mark chapter 2. In Mark chapter 2, beginning in the 18th verse, it says, And the disciples of John and of the Pharisees used to fast. And they come and say unto him, Why do the disciples of John and of the Pharisees fast, but thy disciples fast not? And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber fast, while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come, when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then shall they fast in those days. Jesus is the bridegroom. Even though John the Baptist didn't mention Jesus by name, it's clear from the context that he's referring to Jesus. He is our bridegroom. We collectively, as the church, are the bride of Christ, but we as individual followers and disciples are the friends of the bridegroom. John 15 and 15 tells us, Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. We are the friends of the bridegroom, who have the privilege of hearing his voice. 
It is the voice, the voice of Jesus, the voice of God himself, that is the source of our joy. God is always speaking to us. And if we hear his voice and listen, joy will be produced in our lives. Hearing is what translates joy from its source, which is God's voice, to experience and operation within our lives, which is our rejoicing. The word rejoice is a verb, meaning to experience joy. The fruit of having joy within our lives is our rejoicing. This is why John the Baptist said, But the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This part of verse 29 shows us the whole process. The friend heard the voice of the bridegroom, and because he heard the voice, he was able to greatly rejoice. Without the bridegroom's voice being present, there would have been no hearing the voice, and in turn, there would have been no rejoicing. The source is the voice, God's voice. There is no other source of joy. No other voice is sufficient. The word used for heareth in John 3.29 is the Greek word akuo. It means according to Strong's concordance, to hear, to listen, to hear God's voice, which prompts him to birth faith within us. We see from this that even though John the Baptist didn't specifically mention Christ as the bridegroom, it's clear that he is referring to Christ because this word that he chose to use is specifically used to refer to hearing God's voice instead of just any voice. The source of joy isn't found in just any voice, it's only found in God's voice. We should seek the gift of joy for our lives. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 12, 31, But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. God desires for us to have it and to operate in it. Since the source of joy is God's voice, we need to get alone with God and spend time with Him so we can personally hear His voice. C.S. Lewis said, No soul that seriously and constantly desires joy, will ever miss it. Those who seek, find. To those who knock, it is opened. If we are to seriously and constantly seek and desire joy, it must start with us, and we must get alone with God, speaking to Him and hearing His voice. Jesus is our greatest example when it comes to spending time with God. Even though He was God Himself in the flesh, He still took time to get alone with the Father. He spoke to him, and he heard his voice for himself. As a man, it was joy that sustained him through his sufferings and the tribulations that he endured. The joy was mutual. The father had joy also. That's why he was able to willingly allow his son to die on the cross for the sake of mankind. He had joy in his son and joy in his redemptive mission. Jesus frequently set us an example by getting alone with the father. Matthew 14, 23 says, And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Mark 1, tells us, And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there prayed. Luke 5, 16 tells us, And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. It's clear from these free scriptures, and many others just like them, that Jesus stressed the importance of setting time apart to be alone with God. He has commanded us to do so. Matthew 6 and 6 says, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, 
And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. The reward is joy and rejoicing. Proverbs 17.22 says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. A merry heart is part of our reward. The word merry in the Hebrew is the word samach, which means glad, joyful, and merry. We need a joyful heart within us. It can change our lives if we do. A joyful heart is a continual wellspring of life to it. It allows us to enjoy both spiritual and physical health. Joyful people are healthy people. Joy is the inheritance that our Lord has given us. Our job is to reach out and claim it in faith. Jesus, when speaking to his disciples about his upcoming death and resurrection in John 16:22, says, And ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. Our inheritance is joy and rejoicing. We need to take the gift that he is offering to us. Let's go to the book of James, chapter 1. James chapter 1, beginning in the 19th verse, says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Once we have heard the voice of God and have the gift of joy operating within our lives, we can't just stop at hearing God's voice and his words. We need to do the words of God. We need to be the doers and not hearers only. This is part of our rejoicing. Rejoicing is experiencing joy. And our doing the word that we hear from the voice of God is how we experience the joy that we've been given. Doing the will of God, what he tells us to do, activates the gift of joy within us. Joy does not exist outside the will of God. Our rejoicing will be great when we are actively doing what the Lord has told us to do and when we're fully in his will for our lives. When we do the word, we will be able to share our joy with God and with others and we will be able to enjoy our own rejoicing. It has been said that joy is an acronym standing for Jesus, others, yourself. If we are to have joy, which is a fruit of the Spirit fully operating in our lives, we must keep this order intact. We must keep Jesus first. He needs to be the absolute priority in our lives. It's Him who we need to get alone with and spend time with. He must come first because it's His voice that is the source of our joy. And the source of anything must always come first. Next comes others. Others are the beneficiaries of our joy. When we have joy ourselves, it frees us to share that joy with others so we can rejoice with them. When we both hear and do the word, we will be able to have mutual joy between us. When we are joyful, others will be blessed through our actions. 
Philippians 2, 3 through 4 says, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. This is why others come second. Lastly is yourself. We need to enjoy the full measure of the gift of joy in each of our hearts. We need to rejoice. Far too many times we get so caught up in the things and the cares of this world that we forget to be joyful, we forget to rejoice, and we forget to enjoy God and all that he has done for us. We need to put Jesus and others before ourselves, but we should not leave ourselves out of the equation either. We have a rightful place in joy, but we must keep the order as the Lord has established it. This gift is available to us today. All we need to do is ask for it. We have not because we ask not. We find so many miserable Christians today because they've lost their joy. Joel 1 and 12 tells us, The vine is dried up, and the fig tree languisheth, the pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, and the apple tree. Even all the trees of the field are withered, because joy is withered away from the sons of men. We've allowed our joy to wither away, and so many have become miserable in the absence of joy. Misery is dangerous because it's contagious. Misery loves company. People don't understand the joy that they're looking for, or its source, and because of this, they never go to the source. They never get alone and spend time with God, and over time, it begins to show outwardly in their character and in their lack of joy. Joy is our inheritance as the people of God. Jesus died to make joy available to us. We need to take it and claim it in faith. We need to be serious about it. We need to get it from the source. We need to hear God's voice. John 5.25 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Hearing the voice is absolutely crucial. If we don't have time to get alone and hear, we need to make time. Nothing is more important. Then, after we hear his voice, we need to do the word, so we can experience joy and rejoice. Philippians 4.4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. This is God's command for us, and in order for us to follow, we need to go to the source. We need to hear his voice, and then we can say with John the Baptist, This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word and for revelation from your word, Lord God, and we thank you for joy that you have made available to us today. Lord, we thank you that you made this great gift and promise as our inheritance, and that we can have it if we truly desire it and seek after it. Lord, give us the initiative to come to you in person, to hear you for ourselves, and to get alone with you, Lord. We desire to spend time with you and to know who you are as our God and as our Lord and Savior. Lord, we thank you that we can live joyful lives and have a joyful heart within us, and that our lives can be defined by the joy that we have. Lord, we don't want to be miserable. We rebuke misery. We cast it out. It has no place in our lives. And Lord, we thank you that our joy will not only help ourselves, but will help others, and that they could be joyful too because of our joy. Let our joy be infectious, and let it grip the hearts of people so that they can live the same way, with the same joy, from the same voice that we do, and let them go to the source. Lord, we thank you. We give you all the honor and the praise, Lord God. And we bless your name. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you want to go to the source to receive joy and have Jesus as a part of your life today, all you need to do is to invite Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. You then need to repent of your sins and ask for his forgiveness. Then you trust that you've been forgiven and you ask for his free gift of eternal life. If you've prayed this from a sincere heart and you truly meant it, then you are now a part of the family of God. Welcome to God's family. We want to thank everybody for listening today. We appreciate you taking out your time to spend with us. If you would like to give us feedback and tell us how much you appreciate this show, you can contact us at kingswordbiblestudy at gmail.com. And if you'd like to learn more about this program and this ministry, you can visit kingswordbible.com. We also appreciate if you write a review from wherever you're listening to this podcast from. And if you follow and subscribe so that more people can hear the King's Word for themselves. God bless you. We want you to know that we love you all. And we will see you next week as we continue to study the King's Word together.